Welcome to the Blockbusters and Birdwalks podcast. I am the curator, Garrett Chaffin Kirai. Leonard Shelby, Guy Pierce, has a condition. He was knocked unconscious while unsuccessfully protecting his wife during a home invasion, and he sustained a brain injury. Now that he's unable to make new memories, Leonard observes strict behavioral guidelines that involve handwritten notes, homemade tattoos, and Polaroids to organize his pursuit of his wife's killer. He's helped along by a sympathetic detective, Teddy, Joe Pantaleano, and an angry mystery woman named Natalie, Carrie Ann Moss. You sad, sad freak. I can say whatever the fuck I want, and you won't remember. We'll still be best friends. Or maybe even lovers. In the end of the movie, and after several false starts, Leonard achieves his goal and kills his wife's killer. Most people familiar with Christopher Nolan's Memento from 2000 will consider this synopsis roughly accurate. Leonard does have a condition. He tracks a killer, he is aided by Teddy and Natalie, and he succeeds in his grim task. But the movie's story isn't the half of what makes Memento such a jarring and if you'll excuse some irony, memorable experience. Divided into multiple timelines, Memento weaves together four narrative strands, each of which is presented in different formats and with different clues about Leonard's problem. Narrative one is a set of domestic glimpses of Catherine Shelby, Georgia Fox, Leonard's wife firmly in the past. How can you read that again? It's good. Yeah, but you've read it like a thousand times. I enjoy it. I always thought the pleasure of a book was in wanting to know what happens next. Uh, don't be a prick. I'm not reading it to annoy you. I enjoy it. Just let me read. These images occur across the length of Catherine and Leonard's marriage, along with a few devastating moments from the home invasion. We see Catherine reading in bed, sitting at a dining room table, noticing Leonard's return home from work and gasping for breath beneath a smothering shower curtain. These vignettes are in color, suffused with lovely light and touched with melancholy because they are sprinkled among the other narratives to highlight Leonard's sadness. Narrative two is a series of black and white scenes of insurance investigator Leonard looking into a possible disability fraud scam by Sammy Jankis, Stephen Tobolowski, who can no longer make new memories. Leonard here is dressed in a suit with combed dark hair just like in narrative one. He has no tattoos. He visits with Sammy and his wife, Harriet Sansom Harris, puts Sammy through a series of medical exams to discover the root of his problem, and finally talks with Sammy's wife in his office after he refuses Sammy's disability claim. If I knew that my old Sammy were truly gone, then I could say goodbye and start loving this new Sammy. As long as I have doubt, I can't say goodbye and move on. What do you want from me? I want you to forget the company you work for for 30 seconds and tell me if you really believe that Sammy's faking his condition. I need to know what you honestly believe. I believe that Sammy should be physically capable of making new memories. This narrative also includes reconstructed elements that do not include Leonard, like Sammy and his wife coping with his memory gaps, 
the death of Sammy's wife to insulin shock because she depends on her forgetful husband for her insulin injections, and Sammy's institutionalization in a memory unit. Narrative 3 is a lengthy, one-sided phone conversation in the past, also in black and white, in which we listen to Leonard describe his condition and explain the behavioral habits he's adopted to pursue his wife's killer. You say we talked before? I don't remember that. Yeah, but it's not amnesia. I remember everything up until my injury. I just can't make new memories. So I can't remember talking to you. What did we talk about? Oh, Sammy Jenkins. I guess I tell people about Sammy to help them understand. Sammy's story helps me understand my own situation. Well, Sammy wrote himself endless amounts of notes. But he got mixed up. I have a more graceful solution to the memory problem. I'm disciplined and organized. I use habit and routine to make my life possible. Sammy had no drive, no reason to make it work. Me? Yeah. I got a reason. In this narrative, Leonard has unkempt, bleached hair, sits semi-nude in an anonymous hotel room, and he's covered in tattoos. As the sequence unravels, we watch Leonard fix his works to write a new tattoo on his leg, and we also learn that he may be talking to a police officer who is somehow manipulating Leonard into a different pursuit than avenging his wife. Narrative 4 is a series of vignettes in the movie's present. It's so weird. You don't remember me at all. No. We've talked a bunch of times. I'm sure we have. <laughs> well, what's the last thing you remember? My wife. What's it like? It's like waking. It's like you just woke up. That must suck. In the movie's present, Leonard is dressed in a stylish but oversized suit. He has bleached hair, sports many tattoos, and drives a Jaguar. The vignettes are all in color, and we watch as Leonard pieces together clues about the identity of his wife's killer, building on his notes, tattoos, and helpful nudges from Teddy and Natalie, both of whom he keeps bumping into and walking away from over the course of a few days. This is the longest narrative of the movie, and we see and hear how Leonard's world is carefully limited by the inability to create new memories, even while he is periodically overwhelmed by a desire to avenge his wife, for whom he pines, although he realizes, sadly, that without the ability to experience time, he will never heal from losing her. Many people are fascinated with the narrative structure of Memento. See the visual account in the movie's Wikipedia as one example. The point is that Memento's narrative defies the three-act structure, requiring a lot of effort to ferret out solid truths about the story world, and it remains, for me, quite emotionally vacant, since the whodunit problem Leonard faces is a delicious and frustrating exercise in detection, not unlike what Leonard faces on screen. In other words, Filmmaker Christopher Nolan makes us experience the confusion of Leonard's condition, and the result is that every time we make a tentative claim to verified truth about the story world, we are interrupted and must contend with new noise that requires our attention, making it difficult to hold on to exactly what is happening. Okay, so what am I doing? Oh, I'm chasing this guy. Chasing me. The key formal choice behind the genius of Memento is how these four distinct narratives are put together. Narrative four, concerning Leonard's present-day pursuit of the killer, happens backward. 
we see Leonard murder his target first, and we work our way back through how his pursuit began. Narrative 3, the one-sided phone call, interrupts Narrative 4 at steady intervals, into which is folded Narrative 2, concerning Sammy, all of which explains how Leonard is motivated to do what he does, and why he established a set of notes, tattoos, and Polaroids to focus his memory gaps. Always, Narrative 1 is added to the mix to fill out Leonard's emotional backstory and to ensure that we are sympathetic to his bloodlust, which is not unlike any extermination campaign of whomever, Indians or outlaws, it doesn't matter, that's ever been put to film in any frontier set western. Leonard is our hero, and we want him to succeed because he is armed with righteous fury. That he won't remember his success, should he be successful, is the least of his troubles. On this point, he even says, I have to believe in a world outside my own mind. I have to believe that my actions still have meaning, even if I can't remember them. I have to believe that when my eyes are closed, the world's still there. Do I believe the world's still there? Is it still out there? Yeah. There is a catch to understanding Memento. On-screen evidence suggests that Leonard is a liar. This is significant because so much of the movie's puzzling success rests on our connection with Leonard. Detail one of whether he is lying is from narrative number one, when we see Catherine Shelby swat away her husband's hand because he pinches her thigh. The moment is replayed more than once, and in one version we see Leonard not with dark hair, as in the rest of this particular narrative strand, but with bleached hair, and he's not pinching his wife's thigh, but giving her an insulin shot, which is how Sammy accidentally killed his wife when she tested her husband's faulty memory by asking for too many insulin shots on purpose. Detail number two of whether Leonard is telling the truth is an insert, late in the movie, of Leonard lying in bed with Catherine. He is, again, bleached blonde with tattoos, these costuming clues run against the story world that's been previously established in Narrative 1, whereby Leonard is a corporate drone until his accident turns him into a bleached, blonde, tattoo screen of vengeance, and it shows insurance investigator Leonard having already changed his behavior and fashion before his wife's murder, further hinting that the home invasion that killed Catherine didn't, that Leonard's forgetful behavior may have been a wedge between them, and that his reliability as a narrator is truly doubtful. Detail 3 of whether we can trust in Leonard's truthfulness concerns Narrative 2 and Sammy, who we last see in a memory unit. A body walks in front of the camera and, just for a moment, we see Leonard sitting in Sammy's chair, instead of Sammy, suggesting that Sammy is, entirely, a figment of Leonard's imagination that Leonard has dreamed up to explain how a man might accidentally kill his wife, as in, Sammy killed his diabetic wife with insulin shots, and Leonard may have killed his wife, Catherine, in the very same way. So, what is the story of Memento? Is Leonard suffering a trauma-related loop of anterograde amnesia, and he's unable to escape the destructive course of vengeance because he misses his long-ago murdered wife? Or, is Leonard brain-damaged and using some bespoke form of operant conditioning to train himself in a cycle of vengeance, likely to cover up having accidentally killed his diabetic wife? Or, and this is the mise en abime of all wormholes, allowing us to endlessly loop inside a copy of a copy of a copy, etc., 
Is Leonard a fictional version of Sammy, who is a fictional version of what has happened to Catherine Shelby, who is actually in a post-home invasion coma, attempting to understand the limitation of her vegetative state through telling stories to make meaning of trauma? This interpretation is even more likely true, because we must remember that Catherine is always and only seen in relation to Leonard. He is the only one who goes into public life while Catherine remains in their home, doing repetitive activities like rereading a paperback, sitting on a dining room chair, and brushing her hair. And we don't see Catherine die on screen. She is merely smothered under a shower curtain and still breathing when we last see her as Leonard interrupts the home invasion. <laughs> So the money question arrives. Is Catherine the one memorializing herself, making a memento of her past life and what has happened to her through a story of her forgetful husband, doubled in the retelling as Sammy, aided and abetted by Teddy and Natalie, all the while being caught inside a body that can't fully reawaken into consciousness? Is this even possible? A word for this kind and level of consideration is ontology or the whole of what we know about the nature of existence. In turn, ontology depends on epistemology, or the theory and practical methods we use to construct our knowledge of the nature of existence. Memento is a woolly beast of a movie because it refuses to simmer down to a few morsels of clarity. It is troublesome, confusing, and marvelous because it dares to stretch the nature of truth and fiction in movies, and because it opens up lots of space to answer a very simple question. What is the story? Thank you for listening to the Blockbusters and Birdwalks podcast. My name is Garrett Chaffin Kirai. Boop boobity doo.